0: Face the Music, a pre ELO Song by Song podcast, is sponsored by fine people like Morton S. Erickson.
1: This is Face the Music, a pre ELO Song by Song podcast. Something else The Move.
0: Something Else is the third track on The Move's live EP, Something Else From The Move. It's the cover of the July 1959 Eddie Cochran song, originally written by Eddie and his girlfriend Sharon Sheely. The song is about a guy who dreams of dating a girl who's out of his league. He thinks the key is to buy her a sweet 1959 convertible, but it's way out of his budget. In the end, he ends up getting a 1941 Ford and the girl. Eddie's version got to number 22 in the UK. In America, it topped out at number 58 on September 7th, 1959, in its second week on Billboard's Hot 100. It ended up spending the next seven weeks sliding down the chart. The song was covered by the Sex Pistols, Teenage Head, and UFO. The word something,
2: you left off the G. That's authentic. Something. Something. That's the way the people I'm sorry.
0: talk down there. Hi,
1: I'm Eric Winsenson, And I'm Eric Paul Johnson.
3: And we got something else.
1: No, no, we got something else. Something. No G at the end.
3: Yeah, no, because we're rebels. We're rock and rollers, so we don't need them Gs.
1: Well, it's an Eddie
3: Cochran cover. I know I've heard Eddie Cochran's version before, and I've heard other people do his version before, mainly rockabilly artists and old style artists that are doing the old style 50s sound and everything, and typically do it rather well. The move, well, (laughs) number one, I can see why they re-recorded the vocals on some of the stuff, because this one, I think, has the actual live vocals on it. It could be, yeah.
1: Sure sounds like it.
3: I think Mr. Microphone had better technology. <laughs> well, the thing is, I've actually heard radio remotes from the 1930s and 1940s, where they set it all up, mm-hmm. and of course, everything's wired in and pretty much broadcast back to the studio. I have an entire album of that, yep. and all of that sounds better than whatever microphone sure. the they're Hinden- using
1: here. The Hindenburg disaster sounds better than this. That's true.
4: And the famous rising to the ground, not quite to the mooring mass of humanity and all, the president screaming around it. Um, This was recorded, what,
3: the marquee? Yes. That wasn't like the cavern or something like that. That was actually a club that had national acts and was expected to have some sort of quality music coming through. So uh, I'm just curious about what type of gear... (laughs) (laughs) move <laughs> pot with them. My regular microphone's not working. Um I'll hmm, I'll grab this thing that we played an impromptu football game with out in the parking lot while we were waiting for the show to start.
1: Or maybe if I shout loud enough I'll be able to be heard over the music and it'll reach the recording device. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. And it sounds like by this point Bev bevin has gone eff it. <laughs> I'm playing what I feel like. The rest of these guys aren't even listening to me. Yeah. But it is a mess. This is a collision (laughs) on stage. (laughs) The first song they played, yeah, you're kind of an early punk thing to it and everything. But I've seen punk bands live and seen footage of punk bands live. And it doesn't sound like this type of collision. Mm. The Dead Kennedys in some crappy little club in San Francisco (laughs) could still sound... Halfway decent where you can hear Jello's vocals and Ray's guitar and everything else. And it doesn't sound like just an explosion of sound just happened on stage and nobody knows what in the world's going on. <laughs> this is something that you put on the bootleg. This is not something that you uh, want to commercially release.
1: Yeah. I, when it started, I was on the verge of thinking, you know, I might like this. And then he started singing. It's like, uh, well, here we go again. I've hit my breaking point with this EP. I like the move a lot. They've done some great stuff before this. What little move I know after this. uh, We've got some great stuff coming up from them. So I really like them. But this is garbage. I know that in the 60s, the motto for being a rebel was, what do you got? So they just rebel against anything, anything at all, anything you got. In some ways, that's good. The Sex Pistols was a rebellion against disco and and super slickly produced stuff. And I feel like that had a point to it. The move here, live, it feels like they're just rebelling against the slickly produced stuff like uh, the Association or the Mamas and the Papas. Or they're rebelling against your parents' music, that Benny Goodman and Glenn Miller stuff. We're going to make a big noise. We're going to make a big... Fuss and your parents are are not gonna like this at all. Yeah, cause we're rebels. I think this whole at least this concert by the move. I feel like the line from Smells Like Nirvana sounds it up. Boy this oughta bug your parents. Boy this
3: oughta
2: bug your parents yeah.
1: This oughta bug your parents just for this oughta bug your parents' sake. Or cacophony just for cacophony's sake. It's garbage. It doesn't work. Yeah, if you're 16, hey, this is great. This is going to bug my parents. But then eventually you you move out of your parents' house. And then what's the point of this music? Because you're not bugging your parents with it. They're not around. It's just noise. It's just noise for being noisy. Hey, look at us. We're making lots of noise. Yeah, man. We're fighting the powers of of music and whatever you got because... We're just a big old mess of noise. Yeah. Choke on that, Tommy Dorsey. And it's just junk. Even when I was 16, I wouldn't, you know, but then again, I wasn't exactly the most rebellious, trouble stirring up 16 year old. I had my own ways of doing it, but I never went in for the loud. I didn't like being yelled at by music, either vocally or musically. So yeah, if I heard this when I was 16, I, ugh. I had better ways of bugging my parents. And that was by playing ELO. They weren't big on ELO. But fortunately, (laughs) I liked ELO because they made music. Even their rock and stuff was music. I mean, I don't mind loud stuff. I like Nirvana. But in their recordings anyway, it is loud. There's distorted guitar. There's throat-destroying screaming. There's loud banging drums. But it's organized. You can hear that they're all playing the same song. And they know what they're playing. And they're doing it for the purpose of the music, not just to be loud and like, yeah, man, stick it to the establishment, because we're not going to follow the association's lead or anything like that.
3: I think you're giving them too much credit. (laughs) I don't even think they were putting that much thought into this. I don't think they were going, oh, we're rebelling against music at the moment. Mm -hmm. We're rebelling against all the slickly produced music. I don't think they were even thinking about that when they went on stage. (laughs) (laughs) What they were thinking about when they went on stage was, you know, we probably really should have rehearsed before this gig. (laughs) Followed by, let's get this over so I can get a beer. I think that's the whole thought process in this. There's nothing rebellious. There's nothing, uh, we're going against the system, man. There's nothing, if they were going against the system, they wouldn't be doing an Eddie Cochran cover (laughs) in 1968.
1: Probably. That might also be part of the rebellion we're going to take this nice rockabilly song and we're going to destroy it just to be loud and obnoxious and like Eddie Cochran, who they, they did love. It's yeah. not like But it the was thing is, the...
3: Eddie Cochran's version, uh, it's a great song. And you know that when parents heard Eddie Cochran's version, they're going, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, what are my kids listening to? Listen to this guy. hes he He's talking about women and cars and and there might be sex involved, you get women and you get a woman in a car, you know what happens. It's almost like when a woman's riding a bicycle and not doing its side saddle. <laughs> <laughs> so I just a uh, song like something else back at that particular point that he released it. I'm surprised pearls didn't fly everywhere as hard as they were being clutched.
1: Well, and yes.
3: But there's absolutely nothing of that in this. They're not trying to be something new here. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to finish this gig up so they can get drunk, I think. (laughs) If they're not already drunk. Because they're playing like it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, they are. As much of a smack back to all the uh, polish over synth stuff from the 80s that the whole grunge thing was, there's actually a tune there. They actually are playing it. And yeah, this is just, let's just Bang. Let's just make a whole bunch of noise.
3: And Kurt, as smacked out as he was, could still actually perform. And he ended up—I think he unfortunately ended up blowing his head off before he got to the point where he was at Keith Moon's standards of not uh, being able to <laughs> even make it to stage. But
1: yeah, but yeah, they—they they obviously love. At least Roy Wood loved the Eddie Cochran song. I know that because he ripped it off for Fire Brigade. Or, well, mm-hmm. um. Loosely borrowed yet, To write the riff from Fire Brigade Yeah, The
3: thing is, that's another reason I don't think that there was any Real thought of this other than Okay, we recorded it, let's release what we have I'd hate to hear what the other songs Sounded like, because these are the songs They decided to keep after <laughs> listening to it all And saying, this is a hunk Of Peekle yeah. matter <laughs> Yeah,
1: And again, I don't know if this was A move decision or a label decision And the label said this is happening. You go in the studio, we record your vocals. Cause Yeah. Cause it's terrible. I don't know. It's terrible. Thank God we only got two songs left. I just want to get And they're probably gonna this. be
3: worse because it's
1: just gone downhill from the beginning. Keep hope alive. Maybe the acid wore off by this point from the two members who <laughs> who used to really get into it back then. And then maybe they'll just like, whoa. Oh my god, Bevan's playing the song. We gotta play the song he's playing. Quick.
3: <laughs> it pays to rehearse, people. It pays to rehearse.
1: As our podcast should show, since we never rehearse any of this before.
2: <laughs>
1: got
0: something to say about something else? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 6238503375
2: oh, Call Now!
1: Time for bed!
0: But Christmas is tomorrow! I'm too excited to sleep!
1: Would you go to sleep if I told you a bedtime story?
0: Okay...
1: Twas the night before Christmas, and Mommy and the kids were worried about Daddy when they heard about the bus crash on the radio. But Daddy came home safe and sound, and it was the best Christmas ever. Yay! However, everybody on the packed bus died, and their family spent Christmas Day identifying bodies and planning funerals.
0: What the
3: fu- Christmas Carol Catastrophes, a podcast about the oddest Christmas songs ever unleashed on an unsuspecting public, starts November 17th.
0: No, really, what in the actual fuck?
2: Hello, this is Troy. I'm back. I've been on assignment. Trying to find a good song on this move live EP. <laughs> hey man, so far, three songs in. These live songs suck. And as I've mentioned before, the main problem is the poor production. It's like someone took a portable tape recorder into the concert hall and taped this. The instruments are mixed too loud. I can barely hear what the singer's singing, and I think at times he even shouts the words, but he can't drown out the instruments. This live EP reminds me a lot of the Beatles Live at the Hollywood Bowl. I think that was released in 1977. I bought it in 1980, and I was so excited. Wow, a Beatles live album, but when I played it, I couldn't hear a damn thing because of all the screaming and I've heard the Beatles themselves mention that that they could barely hear themselves because of all the screaming now I think either George and Giles Martin or maybe Giles himself has remastered the tapes of the Beatles live at the Hollywood Bowl I haven't bought it yet but I would love to hear it to see if they were able to get a good recording out of that But anyway, as I said, three songs in, it sucks. They ruined a perfectly good Eddie Cochran song. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't think it gets much better from here. And we have two more songs to go. Ah! Anyway, I'll talk to you next week.
4: Beast The Music, a pre-ELO song by song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623 850 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Keep up to date by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. Subscribe to our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra podcast channel, to hear other goodies. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com elopod or PayPal using the podcast podcast's email address or send a check or money order to P.O. Box 1932, Superior, Arizona 85173. Next week, it'll be me.